Hi, everyone. This is Meredith Root, and welcome to the Afternoon Snack Podcast, brought to you by Tactic Nutrition. Hi, I'm Alex Parker, owner of Tactic Nutrition, former lawyer, CrossFit Games athlete, turned health and fitness geek. I'm also into health and nutrition, a more recent CrossFit Games athlete, co-owner of Tactic Nutrition, and former engineer. We are here to have fun, engaging conversation about some of our favorite topics, including nutrition, health, coaching, motivation, and of course, CrossFit. Our goal is to give you something to think and talk about and hopefully make you laugh along the way. Glad you got that yawn out of the way before I started recording. Close one. I was like, are you ready? She's like, yep. Okay, that's like the opposite of being ready for a podcast. Snuck up on me. Making mouth noises. Yeah. Here we are. Hey, Alex. (laughs) Why do you hate that so much? I don't know. It seems so silly that we spent the whole day together and then you're like, hey. Yeah, but we didn't record a podcast. I guess. And it's a good way. It's like people, so people know, like that the talkative one is not Alex. <laughs> Generally. You get going on some topics. Yeah, I get I do get going. Yeah. So what's what's good? What's the update? We just finished up with uh the the final weekend of you're yawning again. <laughs> is this do I bore you this much? Are you this bored with me? No. It doesn't matter. Something could be really exciting and I'll still yawn. Well, it's kind of like, uh, who is it? Jen Smith, who always yawns before her. Like she's like, oh, yeah. just about to start a workout and she'll just start yawning. Yeah. It's to get extra oxygen in, I think. It's like definitely a parasympathetic sort of response. The worst is when I'm like on a call and I need to yawn and I have to do one of those like closed mouth yawns. Oh, and then like your <laughs> eyes start twitching and watering. <laughs> and then sometimes like... Sometimes you're like, I got this. I'm going to make it all the way through the yawn without doing anything weird. And then like your mouth just snaps <laughs> open and you kind of bark. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst. I mean, I can't say that's what happens with me, but. It's definitely happened. It's actually like, okay, I don't know. You were, you weren't, you didn't work as long as I did, but sometimes we would have like lunch meetings, um, you know, cause you're not allowed to actually enjoy your lunch mm-hmm. at work. You have to have. Yes stupid meetings so we would be in a lunch meeting and like i mean it's an inevitability that even as an adult sometimes you like kind of choke on your food or you're drinking something and it goes the wrong it happens to everybody and so the worst is when you're in like a big departmental lunch meeting that they've catered and there's somebody like some phd is up there talking about you know whatever something super boring and you take a drink of your water, your Diet Coke or whatever, and you just, it's like, <clears throat> <laughs> like if you're, if you're by yourself, you just cough that out. Yeah. Like you just, you have a coughing fit for like 15 to 20 seconds and then you're good to go. But in a, in a, in a meeting or in a group setting, you're just kind of left there to, to just like suffer in silence. And it, it and it takes like the whole, like, it doesn't go away. No, but like you go through like s- sort of stages of kind of grief. You're like, okay, I can't have a coughing fit that will draw far too much attention. So instead, you're just going to kind of like flinch and then like sit there and your eye, you're, your eyes are watering and maybe you'll you'll give it like a... <clears throat> <clears throat> you do like little coughs. Yeah. <clears throat> <clears throat> but the worst is like... When it's really like it's down there and you're kind of like low-key choking a little bit, you try to hold that in. And then it's like actually like the act of holding it in is drawing far more attention Mm -hmm. than if you would have just had a little coughing fit. Yeah. That's the worst. I don't miss those days at all. But um, anyways, so back to what I was saying, we uh we've just wrapped up semifinals so the final weekend of semifinal for crossfit games competition uh was this past weekend and so we had not including the last chance qualifier no yeah but that's a different stage so we have semifinals and then a weekend off and then last chance qualifier and And for people who don't know 
and who aren't familiar with the CrossFit schedule, the semifinals is like the last stage to qualify for the CrossFit Games. So the top five from each semifinal, and I think there's like eight or... Well, there's more. Well, it And also, it's not no, top five like 12, every... It's not top five everywhere, yeah. but anyways, you have to come like top one or three or five. Yeah. It's five in North America to get to, to go to the CrossFit Games. So it, it's kind of like, it's like the old, it's a, it's the regionals replacement. Yes. So next up is the CrossFit Games. And, and they really did, like the in-person events looked very like... Regional test. Yeah. It was like regionals with a different color scheme. Yeah. Which is kind of neat. And then there was obviously, I think 50% of the events were online. Um, so we had, like this weekend was West Coast Classic, which was in person in Las Vegas. And then at the same time, there was Atlas Games, which is where that event was supposed to be in Montreal. And that's where most of the Canadians or all of the Canadians got seated into that event. And then I think the Asian one was this weekend, but I don't keep up. I didn't keep up with that one as much. No. Um, so yeah, anyways, um, we were kind of, we were holding, we were withholding our opinions on it. I think until it wrapped up. So I'm kind of curious, Alex, what, uh, what do you think of this new system? What went well? What didn't go well? What would you like to see in the future? And if you have any specific thoughts on events or athletes. Okay. Well, can I speak on behalf of myself? I th Although I think you have a lot of the same opinions because we've discussed. But I thought that the athletes who ended up punching their ticket to the games were the right ones. However, um, I don't necessarily think I agree with the way that they seeded athletes into events. I didn't think that it was fair. Some events, from my perspective, seemed more stacked. Like the field was a little bit deeper. Um, so there were a lot more people who were vying for those like last chance qualifier spots or even like the fourth and fifth spot that were kind of like in the mix yeah like higher um caliber athletes i should say and it, <clears throat> it's tough to know for sure because all of the the events had different workouts so i mean this is just what i think and based on what i know about the athletes who are seated into events like west coast classic was extremely competitive in my opinion and then on top of everything like so now with crossfit they have there's like this, there's like hubs mm. of athletes, which I think is awesome. It's going to help make people better. And if I were doing this competitively, I would try to be in a hub because your training environment is ideal. But when you have like three or four athletes all competing together who are from the same hub and are, and are also on top of that local, <clears throat> that seems like an unfair advantage to me. Yeah. So like, not that they wouldn't have qualified because they're all extremely like great athletes, but like Carrie Pierce... Um, Daniel Brandon, Daniel Brandon, Bethany Shadburn. and Bethany Shadburn all trained together are all living in Las Vegas and they came one, two, three. Yeah. And it's like, I don't think that's a coincidence. I, I think it might, it's probably a coincidence, but it's also like, I mean, they also did well in the rock run, which was in like 105 degree weather and where other people who maybe weren't as used to the weather were having issues with like heat exhaust exhaustion and other things yeah. and just like you know having it impact their um performance and when you're not used to living in that heat or in that climate it can have a disadvantage so it's like there's a little bit of unfairness there i think but i don't know if that's avoidable i don't there's always going to be like questions being asked about the the seasons the way the season layout is um notable things worth mentioning obviously like i would love to talk about the teenagers hmm. especially the ones at granite games yeah who excelled um i don't know how many times the announcers told us that they were teenagers it had to be upwards of 350 times <laughs> at least like yeah. it was it was driving me and she's only 17 yeah. we know these <clears throat> youngsters really showing these other athletes you know age is just a number well, let me tell you what this age is not just a number. Mallory O'Brien isn't going to be saying age is just a number when she's 30 and she has bad knees. Yeah. Like age is not just a number. I'm going to just say one thing. 
or one little blurb. It is, it is remarkable in some sense that these 17-year-olds are doing as well as they can. But if you actually think about it, the, like Emma, let's take Emma, Emma Carey and Mallory O'Brien as examples. And I'm not taking away their accomplishments by saying this. I'm just putting some things in perspective here. They have been doing CrossFit about as long as everybody else on the field. Maybe not, they don't have the exact experience as, you know, six times games athlete, Alessandra Pacelli. However, like they've been training for just as long and arguably in, in a better training scenario, like they understand, like there's been so much, they, okay, they're, they're 17. Like that is a huge advantage. That's actually a huge advantage from like a hormonal standpoint and just from the fact that they're younger and their joints aren't like, well, yeah, like from a, from a hormonal perspective, I'll just interject yeah, here. Yeah, please. <clears throat> um, when you look at testosterone levels for females, there's a, a serious peak that occurs around ages 16, 17, 18. Like testosterone levels, um, they're just higher for a lot of, like, obviously, like, like ranges for females, they're, it's large. So you can't say 100%, like, a 17-year-old has higher testosterone levels, but, like, it's more likely that they do than, like, when you compare, a, you know, 25, 26, 30-year-old. Yeah. It's, they're more likely to be in a hormonally advantageous state. So when you, when you, you take an athlete who is in that state and you consider the fact that they have, you know, seven years of training age under their belt at the age of 17, it doesn't get much more optimal than that because you're also dealing with like very low life stress. Yeah. Like think about what life was like when you were 17, like the most stressful aspect of life at 17 is socialization issues. Like, like social, the social aspects oh, high of school, school drama, high school drama. These kids, they don't go to high school. They're homeschooled, which we all know what homeschool means. And they said it themselves because I watched them on an interview. They do school on their rest days. Yeah. Which means that's two days a week. They do school. I'm like, okay, really? That's nothing. Yeah. On top of that, your parents are cooking your meals for you. You don't have to worry about money. Yeah. Because your parents pay for everything. And if you have sponsorships, like that means nothing to you. It's just like, it probably goes into your parents' bank accounts. Yeah. You have no clue of like what needs to be done in life. You don't, you're not worried about, clearly these kids at this point aren't even worried about the future where when you're 22, yeah, you're, a little, there's a little bit of like life stress going on. It's like, what am I going to do in Like you're either <laughs> living in years. your parents' basement, which is stressful because you're like, I'm living in my parents' basement <laughs> or I hope you're stressed out about that. Yeah. Or you're living on your own or with somebody and you're, you have to pay rent. You have to pay for food. You have to cook. Yeah. You have sponsorship, like, um, requirements, like all of this stuff. These kids are living the dream. Yeah. That is, that is such an advantage. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, and there are teenage athletes in every sport who are living in similar situations. And that's, that's part of the reason why, you know, some sports are sort of shifting to a younger, you know, demographic, like obviously gymnastics and like ice skating, those, those sports just favor a younger athlete for a lot of reasons. But even like you look at the way that Tiger Woods was brought up, all of that was happening for him at that same age. And it's, you know, the difference is he was going to high school. And if you watch that documentary, it's like he was kind of living two lives. So as far as his uh, athletic um, endeavors, like everything was taken care of. Like all he needed to do was focus on golf. And that's probably part of the reason why he ended up being so good. Mm-hmm. But th- the obvious difference, in my opinion, and I, like I don't want to turn this into like the topic of the podcast, but since we're on the topic and we've talked it's, about this before. I'm sure it's interesting because people are probably sitting there watching semifinals wondering how are these 17 year olds dominating yeah like in in imagine having the brain of a 17 you don't have there's no fear there's no concern like you have nothing to lose yeah um but anyways like tiger woods he did go to high school he got into stanford he played golf at stanford and then he went on to the pga tour which is like even before tiger woods like golf was a fairly lucrative sport if you're if you're very good 
Um, so it's as far as like, you know, where do I want my career to go? That's a good career choice. And if you're good at golf, that's a good choice. Um, I just I think that, you know, I, the, my concern with this sport and it's been my concern because we've talked about it, like I think that people are assuming like, yeah, no, I know there's no money in it, but there's gonna be like, that's a big assumption. It's a big assumption to assume that, that it's going to become lucrative because even at the top level, even when you look at Matt Fraser, even when you look at Tia, even when you look at the the athletes that have Nike endorsements, their Nike endorsements are like chump change compared to the Nike endorsements in golf in basketball, in football, and literally other sport, like any other sport. So you can't say like, oh, there's, there's money in the sport because there simply is not. And <clears throat> sorry to like, sorry to say, but not only to, to make money in the sport with endorsements, you have to not only be really good at the sport, but you also have to look the part. Yeah. And if you're missing that part, you're going to be, you're going to struggle. You are like, yeah. it's like we, we've seen it. We, you can, it's, it's just the way it is because this sport exists on social media. Yeah. It doesn't exist in its own right. There are people who are on social media who like, and I've heard this from like, from people who we know, like they think that they've gone to the games, but they haven't. Mm -hmm. Those people exist. Um, yeah, it's a lot of it is perception and what you look like and how, what kind of um, content you're putting on social media, how much content you're putting on. So like it goes so far beyond the sport and that's, um, you know, that's just part of the game and that people have to understand. But yeah, I don't know. These, I, I think, I, I don't know if anybody else was getting tired of the announcers just generally talking about things that didn't make any sense. But <laughs> on top of that, like just hearing, oh, this, this girl is only 17. She's only, or even Dallin Pepper, night he's only 19 well like look at the dude he yeah well the thing that bugged me about that is they went on the entire granite games weekend like the only thing they talked about was was mal o'brien and emily and emma carey and their age and i think they made a comment about dallin pepper one time yeah they mentioned his age once and then they were done talking about it and i'm like really like what just because he's a guy you're not gonna like it didn't really make sense to me um the the, the commentating yeah at all it didn't make any sense even like matt <clears throat> fraser was just i don't want to be super negative here but i just i don't know <laughs> he should pro yeah i don't know that commentating is going to be his future like they need to bring people on who actually are ed educated in in that like have experience i don't know well i do think i th i think this and first of all before we get off the topic of mal o'brien yes i with all of that said, she was like very enjoyable to watch. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's like just absolutely. But she would have been enjoyable even if I didn't know she was 17. I know. Like she, like she just made those other girls look like they weren't even trying. I loved every time the announcers, she would go out like a bat out of hell. And every single time, you know, I don't know if this is a smart move on her behalf. Like just let her do her just, thing. Like stop. And just like, if you, if you can't see like she's done this every time. She's just that fit. <laughs> Stop projecting your lack of fitness onto her because she's going to do it. She was really, wow. I was, yep. she, I was just especially blown away. I mean, away Emma by... Carey should take some credit as well because she was right there with her. Yeah. Um, like it was, it was very entertaining to watch the, like the problem it was, was that they would not stop talking. Like just they're athletes, like they're at, they're female athletes and let's leave it alone. Yeah. Let's leave it at that. You can, you can talk all day long about everything that they're doing without mentioning that they're 17 yeah 60 million times the um what i was gonna say though is is and this is what i hope because i i do hope that this sport grows and i think a lot of things need to happen like in order for that to happen but inevitably as it grows and they get onto like bigger broadcasts. I mean, like we, they kind in 2018, they were on with CBS and like they had some actual CBS sports broadcasters on the games broadcast. And that's, if they start moving in that direction, that's going to happen again. And CBS is going to take a hard look at the broadcast that CrossFit's putting out. And they're going to be like, nah, yeah. no, like you have to do better. or We're not picking that up. <clears throat> so either like either they're going to have to come up with some some more i guess well thought out broadcasting or or 
it's likely that CBS or ESPN or whoever, wherever they end up, is just going to be like, yeah, we got we got the the broadcast. Well, what seems to be happening is they're bringing out these like they bring on athletes, which I think is awesome. Mm-hmm. But it's like they're bringing athletes on. I'm like, have you vetted the, these athletes? <laughs> Do they even know what's going on in this? Like, bring on masters athletes to talk about about like the semifinals it doesn't make sense. Like they don't know the athletes, like bring on somebody who's, who knows the athletes or is willing to actually do the research on these athletes and state interesting facts. I want to see. It's not that hard. Everything is on social media. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I just felt like, I felt like it was just a lot of focus on like the person who was winning and then just not even a lot of talk about anything else. It was just, (sighs) Yeah. Not that I could do a better job. I mean, it's hard. I would have a hard time like remembering and keeping up. But even like, you know, with Brianna, she's she's such an interesting person. Brianna Wallen. Yeah. She came 10th at Um, West Coast Classic. Yeah. She's and she's she's so she's been around forever. Like she was on Titan Games like she owns a gym. She also has a full time job. Like she's so interesting. There's so much to talk about there. And it was the only thing they had was like, oh, she, she, you know, she used to cheerlead. I think they did say she was on Titan Games with um, Danny Spiegel. Danny Spiegel, but of course they only know. Yeah, it's just it's it's like there's <sighs> there's there's room for improvement. Yes, let's and say I that. think like you have to give them the benefit of the doubt because there we've been without in person comp- competition. So I'm like. I think everybody just needs to kind of like dust themselves off and maybe knock the rust off a little bit. Yeah. And maybe we can move the sport out of it being a popularity contest. Yeah. Which I think would be like, I'm just, you know what? I'm not even apologetic about the things that I say anymore. It's just the way it is. And it's the way it's always been. And if you're sitting here and you don't know that (laughs) welcome, like, well, okay, here's a prime example, right? It's just, it's, it's, this is the sport. Like it's really disappointing when the, um, so they were broadcasting the, the ruck run. And they had Chris Henshaw on the broadcast, which um, was painful for a lot of reasons. But there were two things that really bothered me. The first one is they showed this um, this girl and she was a competitor. And I think she was she's in the military or she's a firefighter or something. She was doing really well at the beginning. And instead of of of, of highlighting the fact like this girl's doing really well, she's beating a lot of the men. They said something about like, oh, she's really, she's kind of pulling a Sam Briggs. Like they immediately went to talking about Sam Briggs. And it's like, this woman is her own person. Like, can we not talk about her? Like part of the reason why new talent has such a hard time coming up in the sport is you won't stop talking about the people that are becoming like, not that Sam's irrelevant. She's not, but like, she's not in it anymore. Like, not like she used to be. She's not in this competition, so she shouldn't be talked about. And that brings me to my second point. And the number of times that Chris Henshaw talked about Tia Claire Toomey during the broadcast of the West Coast Classic, which was on the other side of the country from where Tia was in that moment. Like, she's not competing. Just Because was, nobody knows about these other athletes, which makes it hard for these other athletes to get sponsorships because yeah. they're not getting any coverage. Because even... No when, one knows who, who, who they are. Even when they're on TV and they're winning... Chris Henshaw's talking about Tia. Yep. It just, it, it made my head want to just blow off. Or they just talk about the men. <clears throat> well, yeah, because they know, they, more, they know more about the men. It's just, it's so disappointing. <clears throat> it, you know, it just is. Yeah. Just going to say it. Um, but as far as the competition goes, like, like, what did you think of? So the in-person competitions we had, uh, Mid-Atlantic, we had, um, the one in Australia, we had West Coast Classic, um, Granite Games. Mm-hmm. Were there any more in person? Uh, those are the ones that I kept up with. I feel like I'm missing one, but... Was Brazil? <clears throat> no, that was online. Hmm. Yeah, it was... All the Europeans was online. South America was online. Australia was in person. And then the, the, some of the North American ones were... Yeah, I think that might be it. Yeah. Um, I thought the I thought the online events went well as far as like is like how to to organize those because they they said as soon as an event shifts to online crossfit takes over the programming i thought the programming was really good for the online events especially compared to like quarterfinals were a little bit biased Um, i'm glad that they made all of the 
regions do the same workouts. They had a good system for like managing the schedule. Um, and like turnaround time on, on scoring and video review was really quick. There was that, like the snafu with the, um, the, uh, was it Lowlands or German where German, um, where they announced the top five and then on had, all social media platforms yeah. and then revoked the in like basically the unofficial yeah. slash but it was it did seem very official invitation to yeah. the fifth place spot yeah who ended up going to sam briggs because she had her judge settling her bar in between rounds during gretel which was not stated in the rules that nobody could touch her bar although in the other events it was clearly and explicitly stated mm -hmm. that nobody could alter or touch the equipment during the workout. So, but, but to be clear, it was not stated in Gretel. And then CrossFit Games said after they had revoked her invitation, saying that, you know, this wasn't allowed and um, gave her a penalty, which dropped her out of the top five, yeah. said it should be assumed that there, there should, be, should no be no touching of equipment by a judge or a coach. Because there's a precedent set. Because there's so. a precedent set. But what was bothersome <clears throat> for me is that CrossFit Games should have owned the fact that they made a mistake by not putting it in every single workout mm -hmm. that involved equipment. And only in three, which leads me to believe that if it's not state, if it's stated in other things and if it's not ex stated in another, then that would mean that it is allowed. If it weren't stated in any of them, yeah. then you could assume it's you could that you could argue mm. that there could be an assumption yeah but not if you it was their fault in my opinion that was cr on crossfit yeah i think there were a number of mistakes made i think they probably legitimately made a mistake not printing it in the rules that was a probably an error um and an omission and then um i th i think like just watching that video i think that the judge made the decision to do that without consulting the athlete so I think that was an accident on the judge's part. And then it's too bad because I don't think it actually helped oh, him for that sure. much. Like no, the bar I mean, was pretty much settled by the time he put his hand on it. Yeah. And it, because I've seen, I've seen bar settling and that's, that was like not bar mm -hmm. settling, but, um, yeah. Felt really then bad I, for her. I think the third mistake is, um, you know, I always, some amount of acknowledgement, even if it's like, even if they, if they don't believe that they made a mistake, you can at least, you know, we're, we are regretfully in this situation where we have to do this. Like, you know, they should at least point out the fact that they should not have announced it on their social media platforms yeah. at the very least. But like in defense of CrossFit, because I like, yep, you know, I, I will defend them. I think there was, there was so much to do this year with mm -hmm. the events pivoting online. There was they're they are trying really hard it's a small team um i think that overall it went really well there was obviously this is kind of the black mark on it um and it's it's it was just an error overall it seemed very fair yeah overall like yeah. i i mean i have my criticisms but overall i thought the athletes who qualified sh are the ones who should have gone yeah um they even penalized Katrin for her step over burpees. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, they did that. They were really quick on the penalties. Like they, which yeah. like when you think about what that actually takes to do, that's pretty impressive because you have like submission windows and then like the leaderboard has to be updated before the next window starts. Like we can actually think logistically about what it takes to do that kind of turnaround. It's yeah, yeah. it's pretty impressive. I enjoyed feat. watching. Um, I especially enjoyed, well, I liked, enjoyed, I really liked watching Granite Games because of Mallory O'Brien. Yeah. And I like seeing like, you know, the bubble athletes, like it was cool to kind of see Chris, Christy Aramo try to kind of fight back. Um, just, you know, I like watching, obviously I'm a yeah. fan of CrossFit. And then I thought West Coast Classic was really entertaining. Yeah. Like there was, a, there was some <laughs> shuffling going on, um, just some like some old like old OG CrossFitters in there like yeah. Lauren Fisher, Reagan Huckabee, like these these girls that like I was competing with in 2015. I'm like, dang, yeah. good for you guys. I thought the like even as entertaining as like the top was, I found like kind of the midfield to be mm -hmm. really entertaining. And we had West some Coast. friends out there 
yeah some people we knew personally and it was really fun to watch that yeah yeah it was um and also it was cool how they repeated events like events that that. we've done at regionals or that we've tested for the games well when they made that announcement last year that west coast classic was going to be all repeat events when it was in del mar before it was canceled i was like oh that's gonna be like that's really fun Mm because it's just good old classic crossfit like everybody loves dave's programming yeah in regionals um you know you get to pick and choose the best of regionals i think that they might have made it a little bit harder than it needed to be that like the programming yeah. was pretty beefy. and they had seven like significant <clears throat> events there yeah but it was uh i thought overall west coast was probably the the most well-rounded program of all of the like the in-person events and i think like going back to your your I liked how there wasn't a one rep max yeah and i don't like, think there's sh- there shouldn't be there a one hasn't rep max. been a one rep max in like a like a an event outside of um the actual games in so long yeah you know it's just but i guess it it was kind of cool to watch at mac you know watching like hey who of the guys is going to hit 300 yeah. who of the girls is going to hit over 200 i do think with only uh like six or seven events though a one rep max will always skew the results mm-hmm. oh man can we talk <clears throat> about just for a second Haley Adams hitting 185. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> I was I I cheer for Haley. She's such a beauty. Yeah. It's like just she you can tell like you know, I I believe that there are a lot of people who do this sport who don't actually enjoy it. And you can just you can see it on their face, you can see it when they're moving around. Like they they do it because they've all they've done it for a long time and maybe it's the way that they make money. Um you can like all you have to do is watch Haley. Like she loves she loves this and like she's not too good to to celebrate a pr when she hits well i don't know how she hit that i know it's amazing but like just she's such a she's such a fighter yeah she's so gritty yeah that was uh and she doesn't take herself too seriously which is to be as good as she is a lot of people would i haven't like met i haven't talked to her in person in a very long time but i remember when she was and it was like four four years ago. Mm-hmm. She was training with us. Oh, for regionals. And I, I was I, we were doing like fifty pound thrusters yeah. in a workout, and she was struggling. And there was like it wasn't like okay, I'm gonna just drop down the weight. She was like, I'm doing this. Yeah. And she was like a little like she was like a little noodle back then. Yeah. Very strong. Yeah. And I'm like, man, if this girl doesn't get injured, she's gonna be good. And like. I mean, at her now. I mean, just <laughs> so, just from like her, just she she she's told to do something and she will do it. And she just like I don't think people understand. No complaints. No, and I like I don't think people understand how fit she is mm-hmm. because like I think unless you saw Haley when she was like you know, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, when like there was a like she's still on the weaker side for an athlete back then. She was like really not strong. But you just saw her get through some workouts that in a way that made no sense at all. And that's, I think you saw that when you were in Raleigh and it was like, oh yeah, she's got something going there. That's going to be good. Yeah. She's one of my favorite athletes to watch. Yeah. And I just like really like Tasia and like that whole dynamic. They're just, they just seem to be really having a great time. Yeah. The mayhem cruise fun. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, what I was going to say about the the seeding, to go back to that topic for a second, like, in this is, you have to remember that, like, semifinals are replacing regionals, and so regionals are regional. They, um, they would put two, um, well, they would actually put two regions together into, like, a super regional, mm-hmm. but you're competing. Like, for example, when we competed at regionals last, it was um, West west north america i think west yeah, it was region. the west region and it was california bc alberta saskatchewan it was like southern california northern california northwest u.s yeah and like then oregon western washington canada. and then western canada so it was like pretty big region yeah but that's kind of how they grouped people together and then in the atlantic you have the southeast and the mid-atlantic mm-hmm. and like the east you have the central east and the northeast like mm-hmm. that kind of so you're competing in like in or around like the area in which you live like geographically um the climate is probably like most of them are inside so you don't really have to worry about the climate you kind of know who you're going to be competing against yeah like 
the elevation is predictable. Um, and I thought, uh, you know, we were talking to, to Meg Reardon earlier and she made a good point about Las Vegas. You don't think you don't, everybody forgets that Vegas is, is, is at elevation. You are dealing with some altitude there. And so there's, there's the rule this year where if you live in a state in which there's a semifinal event, you're automatically seated into that event. I don't think that's super important unless it's a, it's an, it's an altitude, it's an elevation. So Las Vegas, like you had the three Vegas girls who are acclimated to elevation, who are competing at elevation. And then they're also, they're also acclimated to the fact that it's dry as yeah, it's very dry and you're like, they did an outdoor event, but even without that, I think, um, she made a good point about the, like the altitude, like you're immediately disadvantaging athletes that are coming from sea level. Yeah. And so I think like, if you want to keep an event in Vegas, I think that's fine. But, uh, you know, the, the way that I think it, it should be seated is the way that like, you know, the NCAA basketball tournament is seated. And so you have all of the teams that are competing and they're all seated one through 16. Um, we don't need to seed athletes because we have a seating process already and that's quarterfinals everyone comes out with a rank and so um you know it might people might say oh well i'm you know it's unfair if i go have to go to an event that's across the country and it's like well tough luck like that's the sport it happens to basketball teams all the time like you know there's uh an ncaa location in north carolina but very frequently duke or unc or nc state will be competing in like minneapolis or they'll be competing on the west like because that's just how the seeding works And so if you do that, now you're very likely going to split up a group of athletes who, who have an advantage at elevation. If it so happens that they are all seated in that, you know, that venue, then that just so happens, but you're not, you're not immediately giving them an advantage by allowing them, you know, to be one of, you know, the only, you know, a small handful of athletes there who, who are familiar with the conditions. Do you think it's an advantage with those three and we're just using them as an, as an example. I mean, the same thing was happening in other places, Yeah. but those three being at the same competition together besides the climate, I think there's a level of familiarity. Like it's, it's the safety blanket scenario. Like like you've, you've been training together. You kind of know where you stack up next to Carrie. Like let's take Bethany, you know, where you stack up next to Carrie, like going out with Carrie, knowing where you're at, where you've been at as you've practiced the events, like, I remember that in, um, at regionals in 2018 competing against you and Jordan. Yeah. Like, and like we warmed up together. We talked about events together. Yeah. I just, I think what's going on we there hung is out together. Like it makes a difference. Yeah. You're providing a more ideal scenario for those athletes. Mm-hmm. So Not intentionally, like, but it just is the way that it works so, out. Yeah. The coach gets to stay there instead of having to have proxy coaches go elsewhere. Yeah. Like it's, it's, I kind of get it, but I think that there's, like the the disadvantage that it confers to other athletes. Yeah, it's not so much. I think those three would have qualified anywhere. 100%. Because they are all like really good, like above and beyond. They obviously in that competition were just like be above and beyond yeah. everybody. But I think you're right. It, it is a disadvantage more to the others. Yes. Than it is to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, we'll see how, how that changes if it changes, but. Again, like what's what's exciting about this is this it's the first year of this format and you remember when like when sanctionals rolled out in 2019 like what a shit show. And so like it's nice to see this is a much more buttoned up version of that. Like it's it feels like a step towards like back towards regionals but also involving these uh these private events, which I think is good. I think that's what needs to happen. Um so it'll be really interesting to see and I'm excited to see what happens even next year. Like what are we going to take? What do we learn this year that we can take forward into next year to make things even, even better, even more fair to like, you know, to make the competition more fun to watch. Um, like, cause I think that like CrossFit is, they're very open to, to changing and they're very open to modifying and, you know, having new iterations of kind of the same competition format, but just making small tweaks. Um, so for the listeners, sanctionals basically was just individually owned and run competitions. So like, let's, for example, Wadapalooza 
Granite Games. They're still like owned and, but there's not that CrossFit. There was no CrossFit oversight. Like yeah. Dubai, what's going to be really interesting. And so they could decide who competed. They could hold a qualifier if they wanted. They could hold, make the open the qualifier or they could just randomly invite people based on their, there's maybe the, the <laughs> their standards, which like clearly there weren't any. Maybe the event organizer also owns an athlete management company. So they invite <sighs> all of their managed athletes. Yeah. So Not like, saying that that happened. It again goes back to my argument. It's more support for the fact that it's just like CrossFit was becoming. And I'm glad they're moving away from that just to popularity contest. Like, yeah. oh, you have 300,000 followers on Instagram. And you're kind of good at CrossFit. Can you come to our competition, please? Because like, yeah, people are going to see that it's going to grow the competition. Yeah. People want to see Katrin compete. People want to see even Lauren Fisher compete. All of these people who are just like, they have this huge following. But um, you take somebody like. But they didn't do the qualifier. Yeah. So a really, really prime example of this. And I think it has had unfortunate consequences for this one particular athlete is Caroline Reason to um, versus someone like Katrin. So you take Caroline, who's been to the games, what, six times? I think she started, she was there in 2015 for sure. Cause I was there Yeah, and she's been there ever since. Yeah. So, so she's five, a, at least five or six. She's one of the, the longest standing games athletes that, that shows up in the field every year. She's done. And does well. Yeah. She's, she's, she's placed really well. She's been on like team Canada back when the invitational was a thing. Like she is, um, she's been around, but when, when the sanctionals format rolled out, Carol Ann, because she doesn't have a huge following, she's she speaks French. She doesn't speak like she her English is much better than it used to be. Um, but there, she's not going to be as marketable as someone like Katrin. And she also doesn't hold herself out like Katrin. I think that's the key. Um, so you have Carol Ann, who's just breaking her back in these qualifiers. She also doesn't have a coach who's popular in CrossFit. Yeah, who, who has connections. Yeah. So she's doing all of these qualifiers for all of these events. And she's getting in. And then you have, uh, you know, you have Katrin and that whole crew who's just getting invited. So they get to skip the qualifiers. So just think for a second what it does, it does to an athlete season to have to just continue to do qualifier after qualifier after qualifier just to do an event. And like she had to pull out this year of Atlas Games because her knee is so banged up. So it's hard for me to not, you know, think back and be like, well, what if Carol Ann had gotten the same treatment that Katrin did because they've been to the games pretty much the same number of times and um and I think that's I'm I'm glad I think that time is over well, remember it was Cape Town the event yeah like I'm sorry if I'm throwing events under the bus I'm sure like they don't listen to us but um they specifically said you have to do the qualifier In to Caroline, go to our event yeah and that was going to be an event where if you took the time to go down to, to, to Cape Town to act where was it? It's in South Africa. So that's like huge travel. Not, is Cape Town? It's called Cape Town. Is it in Cape Town? Yes. Cape Town is the, the city. The, the city. Okay. I'm sorry. That's I'm, okay. I've always been horrible with geography. I got you. <laughs> um, so like if you're going to go down there, because not that many great athletes are going to take the time to go all the way down there. Yeah. But if you win it, you go to the games. That's the way that. But you have to win it. But you have to win. So. Carol Ann looked at the field probably and was like, I'm going to do the qualifier. I'm going to try to go to this, win it and get my ticket to the games. It's probably going to be the easiest one I can get to or not get to, but get well, that was through when you, to the cross. You games. had to get, you had to win. You had to get first. Yeah. First sanction to get a, the whole, if you're not familiar with the system last year, it, it was, was completely messed or up two years ago, whenever it was. So, but it was very clear that you had to do the qualifier. Yeah. So like Carol Ann crushes everybody in the qualifier. Like, probably will win this and then it got it gets announced on instagram that katrin is going to cape town and she had like to this point had not done nope a sanctioned a sanctioned event so she had she had not punched her ticket to the game so basically caroline is now up against katrin for this spot and unlike katrin caroline's having to pay pretty much out of pocket and she's had to do the qualifier and like that just is a blatant that they do not follow their own rules yeah. it's just like oh katrin wants to come and she has this many followers and it's going to bring more like notoriety to our it's 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 because this sport is run like it turned into this like 
profit yeah making your private business like competitive they're leaving out an important part of that story and that is as soon as so katrin it announces like i'm going to cape town yay Mm -hmm. you know like she does um so carol ann makes the decision to to pull the plug to not go to save the money she thinks okay i'm probably not going to be katrin and so then at least um, i don't want to risk going all the way there and not getting a ticket exactly not worth it so um so carol ann decides not to go katrin goes and then while katrin's in south africa preparing for cape town she announces i've decided not to compete so now just the simple the simple act of inviting katrin ruins carol ann's season potentially yeah i mean it ended up being irrelevant i think but um i think she ended up getting through the open or something yeah she got in she's a fine athlete she did just fine but it was just it was very uh, it was like it, a very it irritating. was more the fact that like they just totally blatantly ignored their own stipulations yeah i i totally see where the where the sanctional owner is coming from it's like you know it's a business yep and it's not like they're not allowed to do that but it just it it's so poor for the sport yeah because it basically it just takes an athlete being like no nah, i don't want to do your qualifier mm-hmm. and now the sanction event owner has to decide like is it more important that i stick to my like morals and i i am like i put my flag in the ground about this qualifier or do i invite the athlete that's going to bring in all the fans and like increase my revenue yeah like, you're gonna invite so, the athlete i guess all my point in bringing this up is is to say what is it going to be like when the CrossFit Games has their qualifying process, but then these other individual events with their own prize purses exist. Yeah. And with their own rules and their own uh, qualifying procedures and things like that. And their own, pro- like, I mean, there's going to be a lot more money in the, in those events. I wonder what's going to end up happening with the CrossFit Games. Yeah. Or with those events in, the, in their own right. So mm. it's going to be super fun and interesting to watch. That what do you thing. think, like... If you, if it was up to you, Alex Parker, head, GM, head, decision maker of the CrossFit Games, what, what is an ideal season format look like to you? Honestly, I think something like this works really well. I think they did a really good job at going back. I don't think anyone should qualify out of the open. I like the fact that they have two online qualifiers now to kind of weed out the field. I think quarterfinals should be a smaller field. And then I think semifinal should be the way that they are, but with the seating process that you described to make that a little bit more fair and ran- it's like random, but not, mm-hmm. you know, it's random. It ends up being random. Well, no one is good enough to manipulate their finishing no, not position. In, and no one is going to do that. No, it's just, that's not a gamble. I thought, I think what do. has, what has happened this year has been very fair, <clears throat> you know, besides the fact that like the, some of the events had to be online, which is inherently unfair mm-hmm. um, because different environments and things like that i mean you can't you can't argue against the fact that somebody like emily rolf and pat vellner who get to compete against each other isn't at an advantage when like brent fikowski is on his own in the garage i mean you can probably like figure out a way to make your environment different but it's harder for others if you don't have the training partners in the vicinity yeah but also i just need to say one thing brent fikowski in that Gretel workout oh my god okay I looked I was looking at the because I wasn't following along with Alice really I was just looking at the leaderboard and I was like Brent's out I think I said I was like Brent's yeah. out he was like an eight or something yeah. and then he was in and I was like what and then I saw his <laughs> on Gretel which I'm is like, like a short person tall. workout and yeah. Meredith was like just watch it and I'm like okay for starters it looks hilarious <laughs> <laughs> who knew giraffes could move so fast yeah. <laughs> but like his the way he moved the barbell for for those clean and jerks it was like a beginner almost he didn't touch his chest no it was just like it basically went from the ground it was like a snatch but like still meeting the requirements of the clean and jerk. <laughs> yeah. i was really impressed yeah um, wow what a comeback and also his coach is one of my best friends so i'm really happy for both of them yeah you can just hear dave in the background in that video I just, I I know what happened. I bet I guarantee you. I guarantee you it was just like Dave just didn't let him give up. And it was yeah. like, you can do this, man. Yeah. And like that's amazing. He gave one of his like Dave Spur pep yeah. talks. And like the the meme from CrossFit Games after with him like coming out of the fire. <laughs> oh, the Undertaker meme? <laughs> yeah. The video where yeah. he's like comes back from the dead. Yeah. That's such a classic like WWE thing and such a like perfect utilization. It was perfect. I was just a big fan of that whole yeah 
Um, I'm and Brent is he's just he's a nice guy and he deserves to be there. I'm excited to talk to we're going to FaceTime Dave soon and I'm excited to ask him about the weekend because like I just want to hear I want to know what happened. I want to hear all of it. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, um, I think it's I think it's cool. I can't sometimes I get lost in thought about this sport and like what it could be and all the options about where it can go because it's still like in its infancy, mm-hmm. I think. And it's, um, you know, I think the leadership it's got some growing pains. Yeah, but the, it's growing. The but leadership it's... now is much better. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, the people making the decisions and working, they really do care. Mm-hmm. And like I get to see that a little bit. And so it's made me care a lot more and not just be, you know, super super critical there's still obviously things and people to you know to criticize and that's okay um it's funny like meredith is on the athlete advisory council yeah so she has meetings and i don't i'm it's like there's a a nda so Mm -hmm. i'm not involved in it but i'll always be like you should tell them this tell them this is my feedback like you should bring this up at the meeting I'll definitely make sure to do that Alex. you Thank should you. tell them that they need new commentators <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm sure all of that gets relayed back De- right definitely <laughs> yeah for sure um i do have a question though okay personal question do you do you does any part of you or did any part of you while watching semis make you miss competing and wish you were kind of still in the mix and competing I mean there's I would be lying if I said there was part of me that wishes I, I could do like you know was was that good I could do that um especially when I see events and I'm like oh, I would love that event I would do well in that event like you know and it's one of the best parts about regional regionals was you know it was the people it was getting to hang out with your friends like um <clears throat> you know testing yourself like you we train all year and it's like um I always loved the test of regionals and I always loved like the format and you know the chip timers and the way that the the arena feels and everyone's watching and it brought a lot of that back especially seeing people you know on the floor who I've spent my career competing against um and then I did Gretel (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with Lindsay with Lindsay and I was yeah. like yeah no we also should mention that Lindsay was doing um Atlas at her home gym here in Calgary and we she needed somebody to push her doing Gretel and Meredith opted to well to we asked that. Lindsay and Lindsay actually ended up absolutely demolishing that workout well like I so we okay let's do, we'll do the whole story about Lindsay we asked her like the week before what do you like do you need anything from us how can we support you um, you know, cause she's our friend and she's our coach and, you know, we're super proud of her. And I think she was like, I need someone to do Gretel against me. No, I think originally she was like, I need someone to do all the workouts with me. And we were like, yeah, no, <laughs> anything else, <laughs> pick something else. Um, but Gretel is a good one to do it against someone just cause it's so fast. And, and um, you can waste time feeling sorry for yourself as Lindsay put it. Oh, 100%. There's a lot of time. It hurts at the end. Oh yeah. But you can keep moving. So, um, we decided between me and Alex that it would be me. Um, I know I decided that. You decided that. Yeah. I don't remember that being a conversation actually. I just remember you saying, oh, you're doing, you're doing Gretel with Lindsay. Yeah. I was like, I'm, pardon me. I haven't done anything under 10 minutes in like three months. Um, but yeah, that was, that was, it was fun. It was, I don't write like it was p- really painful. Yeah. I just kind of decided. It implode until about round seven. It was actually, I like eight was the in- implosion. Okay. But like, I was kind of deciding like, what do I want to do? Like, what's my strategy? And then I was like, well, this isn't even, this isn't about me. So then it became, what can I do to make Lindsay go the fat and mm-hmm. like get the best score possible? And so the answer to that, unfortunately for me, <laughs> is you have to go as fast as you can on the first five rounds. Yeah. There is no strategy in Gretel. No. For people who want to compete. Yeah. And so regardless of what happens there like I know Lindsay can see me she was right behind me like she's gonna try to keep up even if I'm going at a completely irresponsible pace for me and um and that's what I did and then but Lindsay um, has the fitness and the incentive for the last three rounds to put pedal to the metal when you inevitably fall off pace. yeah so I I basically got her to I basically got it around 7.5 and I was just like leave me <laughs> leave me behind um and that's where 
like my and she wheels did. unapologetically yeah, she, so oh it was it worked great i think she pr'd by like 30 seconds yeah or something. she really 34 did. Seconds. did really well and ended up finishing well i'm not taking any credit for that that was all her but meredith gets in the car after she's like looks at me she's like still got it still got it <laughs> i remember i was like because I, I could hear our barbells and i was just like a rep ahead yeah and i could hear greg counting and then there was one i like i just bobbled the clean and then i i heard click right before mine and i was like damn it she's got me because she was behind me i couldn't see her yeah um but yeah that was that was really fun um it's it's i miss the feeling of competing i don't wish that i was doing it if that makes any sense at Mm -hmm. all i really miss regionals i miss i even miss like the so usually you check in the day before so thursday yeah and even that like seeing your, your friends like seeing people you haven't seen all season like i'm not gonna like i don't wanna like drop be like name dropping but like i like seeing like china cho yeah. and these girls that are and like jen smith like yeah. all these people who are just like i really enjoy just being they're like just awesome time, yeah. and and i just yeah i miss i miss even those parts are like there's a lot of girls who don't compete anymore <laughs> that i think back to and i'm like we had such good times do you remember We'd go for dinner after and i like i love like uh it's probably a little bit more less social and more it's intense more competitive now. now for sure i remember 2018 at the wet like it's it's fun like checking day is really fun but there's always like an inevitable amount of peacocking going on like people <laughs> everyone kinda, wears a sleeveless shirt every, like you're strutting around you're like you're like checking out the number you're like oh 204 you think you're hot shit i had 201 that year i don't know if you remember i was number one um i don't i don't know why i was number one i wasn't number one i just got like the okay. number i got the 201 number um but then so like that's going on right and you're like you wear your best crossfit non-crossfit clothes yeah. you're wearing like you got your backpack you got like you know mm-hmm. all the bullshit i mean i didn't do that but yeah but what you did do in 2018 <laughs> was they had the the handstand walk mats out to practice this was like nobody had actually been on a real one it was yeah. they were all makeshift when it was in practice. The, the first year they came out so everyone's using wooden ones or like ones with like plates and then so they had them out so you could practice and alex parker right in front of everyone in check-in kicks up to try the handstand mat and just like Jerry of the day scorpions, this shit. And yeah, like face plant, like I scratched my chin. I was like, okay, Alex, that's, that is not that fine. I walked it off. How you do that. <laughs> that's my, yeah. That it my, made me extremely nervous for the event. As it would probably yeah, anyone. Like I that know. was a pretty big crash. I remember like I was trying to warm up for that event, but also you were having a <laughs> mental breakdown. So I'm like, oh, okay, I have to like talk you through the handstand walk mat while also trying to like prepare myself. That was fun. Yeah. I think, my... I, I think, I think I look at people. I looked, okay. So West coast classic. I'm like, I, I do wish I was there. I do. But then I actually think about what it would be like if I were there and I'm like, I don't know. It's so stressful and it's a lot like there it comes at a cost yeah and you know sitting and watching is really fun too and cheering my friends on there's there's um there was a lot of emotion i guess but yeah a lot of different cool conflicting feelings um yeah that was my question yeah i don't know it's a good question but also like we're gonna go mountain biking this weekend and Mm -hmm. not think twice about it which is which is the best part for me right now of not competing is i don't just question all of the things that I do or that I don't do. I don't just question like my actions as much. I just do what I feel like doing. And if I skip a workout to go biking, then I skip a workout to go biking. Like that's just, that's my life right now. And I like it. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It's fun. I'm excited. Like I'm excited for the games. I'm excited for next season to see what happens when all these events come back. I'm excited to see how the teenagers do. I'm excited to see, like, is anyone going to knock Tia off this year? I think we've said this, not on the podcast, but in our the privacy of our own home, because we talk about, you know, these really interesting things all the time. But this sport is going to be a young sport. Oh, soon, yeah. These young athletes are going to just be, they're going to start taking over. I'd give it I maybe, like, you. in the next three to four years, you'll mm-hmm. see the average age for competitive female. I don't know about the men, but the females, you're going to see that. Age what I can't wait drop. to see is like, what is the longevity of the sport going to be for these younger athletes? 
I don't know that we even know that for like adult athletes. I don't think we do because we haven't seen the sport has changed so much in like the careers of I mean okay you look at you look at some of the events from West Coast Classic and you compare the results yeah that snatch ladder not that many people finished no almost everybody finished this year yeah not almost everyone but a much 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 higher percentage yeah but like you look at 2015 regionals like a lot of the max snatches were like 165 yeah that was a heavy considered a heavy snatch and now it's like 215 is like the heaviest yeah 200 for girls is kind of like 190 is kind of getting to be a standard yeah so like you look at let's just take for example china cho yeah you look at her in her her or or annie thor's daughter in the in her like first few years in crossfit she's only snatching like 135 as a max for for several years yeah now they're snatching up upwards maybe not china but like annie she's in the mix she's probably she's probably got a 190 yeah but now you're looking at at athletes who at the beginning of their careers are snatching 190 200 so it's like how how, what is the longevity gonna of the sport gonna be when you're snatching that much that early yeah in your career and how long can that last i don't know like are the kids gonna make it to 30 years old and still be competing and snatching that like i mean i don't think so but like i'm not sure that it's i don't know if it's gonna be physical or if it's like gonna be burnout Mm because that's a long time to do a sport it's also worth mentioning like crossfit doesn't really have an off season no. And you're seeing now these older athletes like Carol Ann, for example, she put out something on Instagram was like, guys, like I know all of you who didn't qualify for, for the games this year that you're hungry and you want to get back to the gym and start training. But I'm trying to tell you to help you. If there's anything I can say, it's this, take an off season. Yeah. Give your body time to recuperate. Give your mind time to recuperate because in, in there's no, like I look at ski racing and there is a there is a very distinct off season, and that's summer. You go to summer camps and things like that. Well, and every do, sport like is training. like that. Every sport, CrossFit, nothing. There's there's summer competitions. You just jump right back into training. Everyone does it. You yeah. don't want to fall behind, so you do it. Um, it's really a lot of the only thing a lot of these people have is being in the gym, and they enjoy it. But that's going to take a toll, I think. It's going to limit your longevity and progression. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if that ends up becoming a thing too. Yeah. It's just super interesting to talk about the sport. I really love it. Yeah. It's just, it's so, it's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, and the people are interesting and the, the, the varying backgrounds of people and who's up and coming and yeah, I just, I'm not I like think a CrossFit the, nerd. I probably don't even know half the stuff uh-huh. that's out there, but from what I can see and I the do people think that I know. The days of, of people moving to CrossFit from other sports are going away. Okay, but what about the guy who won Jason Hopper at Mac? The Clemson wide receiver? That's amazing. Yeah. But I don't think you're like that you're not gonna see that very often. That's gonna stop happening. It's it's that was interesting to see because last year at the games, I remember Dave said it. I think on social media, he was like, um, who's the guy who came like third? Justin Medeiros. Justin Medeiros. They said, Justin Medeiros is good at CrossFit because he's done CrossFit for a really long time. Didn't play any other sports. It's like been CrossFit. CrossFit made Justin good at CrossFit. And so that's fair. And so, and that's, that's the argument for a lot of these young teenage girls and, but this this other guy, <laughs> even Dallin Pepper, mm-hmm. he was another at like he played baseball, yeah, and then just decided to go for CrossFit. So you can like I think on the men's side, you're still gonna get athletes who are just very 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 athletic. Just just to put um, more evidence behind your theory that CrossFit is a low skill sport. Yes, but- I mean like that's my favorite theory. I will, I will die on that hill. Um, especially when you see, uh, yeah. When you see a wide receiver, just like he's been doing CrossFit since what, 2018. And he's like, let me just win Mac. Yeah. It's funny. Again, the announcers saying like, you know, this guy, he's a real, he's a newbie or I don't even know what they said. It's like, why not say like, what did they say at one point? It was something like rookie. They implied that he was having rookie luck. Mm-hmm. I think I'm like, no, this guy is an absolute stud athlete. Is what you should be saying. Like the fact that he's 
like take his his athletic history and like actually explain what he's done and how this parlays into what he's doing on the field right like now. what does division one strength and conditioning look like at clemson university mm-hmm. and it just looks like your athleticism as a on a d1 football yeah. team yep the only so. fact they seemed to know was that clemson lost to alabama and that's what it was game. that's what it was and like, you can't come up with a better fact like it was like it, the only thing that anyone knew was like, well, yeah, Clemson played Alabama in the national championship and they lost. And that's all they could remember. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is pathetic. <laughs> Not that I know anything about football, but you're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clemson, the Clemson Lions. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, this was not supposed to be the topic of the podcast at all. This was supposed to be the intro to the podcast, but here we are. That happened again. Happened again. But, uh, yep. Um, I guess if people aren't interested in CrossFit, they just skip right over. (laughs) Like boring. I don't, I think this was an entertaining one though. Um, we're, we're going to write a tell all book. I can't wait for the tell all books to start coming out. I want, I, I want to know everything. I don't even know that much. Yeah, I mean, ours would be medium interesting because we know so little. But there's one coming that's going to blow the doors off, I bet. I'm going to... Okay, you know what's one interesting fact that I'll divulge? Dave Castro is basically keto. Oh, for sure. Do people know that? I think, I think like, so. people probably think that... Like, it wouldn't surprise them, anyone that he's like a paleo follower. Yeah, but, but he is, is a straight is meat paleo? eater. <laughs> Tequila. Okay. <laughs> Whiskey is not. And also Dave is an absolute gem. He is. He actually is. Like, just like people would love to hear about that, I bet. We have some things we could tell people. Yeah. He's great. Um, cool. Well, this was a long one. So if you've made it to this point, kudos. <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate it. Um, if you liked it, share it, subscribe. Uh, you'll get notifications when new ones go up because we don't always put it on social media. But uh Thanks for listening. We appreciate you and we will do this again super soon.